0: I'd have to get fucking absolutely annihilated. What is it that I feel like I'm missing out on? And I know what it is. It's You know, I'm not on their level because they were all a bit silly and drunk. I wasn't on that level. But then I thought, I don't want to be on that level. I want to get f***ed. That's what I miss. I want to get annihilated. I want to get f***ed and start acting like a complete and utter twat. That's what I used to love doing. Drinking and, and then acting like a complete knobhead. Hello and welcome to another episode and the last episode from my home studio of Menace to Sobriety with your host... Daniel O'Reilly, a.k.a. The comedian Dapper Laughs. Um, Listen, guys, very exciting. Uh, I was shooting a film, so we had to stop the bookings, and uh, we've had to wait for Gaps to get back in, and we're back in the studio from next week. So um, you're going to have your multi-cameras, the editing, and you're going to have a co-host. It's going to be me and my good pal, Kirk Norcross. So you've got that to look forward to, me and him, both ADHD, both ex-addicts. <laughs> Um, both don't really care what we say um, good chemistry and we're going to be tackling and informing on some great subjects close to my heart you know the, the, the mental health the sobriety the well-being the bettering yourself is the main thing um, we're going to get guests on hopefully in the future as well and we're going to try and make it a bit more fun but you know it's an ever-evolving podcast so you're coming on the podcast journey this week I want to have a little chat with you about what I do when I feel like getting smashed. Um, I don't know if I almost relapsed, but I felt like I felt like getting on it. Uh this past weekend. I've had a tricky week, hard week. And I not almost relapsed is a silly thing to say because I didn't. I wasn't gonna, but I, I I it crossed my mind. It thought I had to battle it. I had to battle all my thoughts, my negative thoughts. And um I just thought, wow, that come out of nowhere. That was a tricky weekend and it wasn't there wasn't anything particularly difficult. I'll talk you through it, but then I'll talk to you about why this happens to us, why some of us do this, why some of us uh, are the way we are. I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about being judged, because I was judged quite I was criticized quite heavily, which it almost always dents me. And also I'm just gonna have a little chat with you about ways that, you know, things you can do in real time. You know, if 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 your addiction or if you're triggers or if 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 you know something happens and it grabs hold of you straight away but first of all I'm going to tell you why it was a tricky week for me because the weekend I was surrounded by drink and drugs and um, I like to tell myself it ain't a problem but every now and then it is it does become a problem for me because it's not like I'm sitting there like going I want to fucking do drugs or I'm sitting there and I'm like I want to drink oh you know it's it's more I want to get fucked up and I want to get obliterated but more it's this is going to sound weird to you and I'll tell you how I get my mind around it but it's sad for me to sit around people that are drinking like not sad as in like I think they're sad because I'd never judge but it's sad as in like I'm just a bit disheartened you know that that life's over for me and i get a bit uh you know and, and I'll tell you how to twist your mindset on this because that's not the w- right way to look at it but you know, I, it, it it all becomes too much. And what happened to me, I was at a barbecue with some really close friends of mine, good friends of mine. Great to see them. I hadn't seen them in a long time. I had kind of, not intentionally, but I think I'd kind of kept myself a, away from everyone while I was doing the hard work on my sobriety. But, you know, I felt comfortable going there. But the, these guys are, you know, whenever we all used to get together, we all used to party and we used to sesh really, really hard. And, um... <laughs> And, um, yeah, man, it was, it it, it was all right at first, but towards the, and it was, it was double difficult for me because I had to leave the barbecue to go to the Ministry of Sound to go and support Carlos. Uh, it was Flex FM's, uh, 30th birthday. So I went there and everyone was off their nut. And, um, then I had to go back to the barbecue. And by the time I got back to the barbecue, everyone at the barbecue was smashed. And, um, there's a couple of things I want to go into here. Uh you know and um, I'll tell you how it made me feel it made me feel like um, oh is this the rest of my life you know it's weird because I was sat I can picture it now I sat at that table in my pals back garden with the kids running around going crazy everyone drunk me sober and I sat there and I was looking around and I was like now that everyone's fucked I don't want to be here and I don't know how to leave Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out because the kids were having fun and the, the missus is um she she was drinking as well you know and I'll, I'll touch on that in a minute um and um i just suddenly had this overwhelming feeling that this is the rest of my life i felt like that moment that moment was going to symbolize everything do you know what i mean and um so i sat there and i was like oh man this is this is me now for the rest of my life i'm going to be that elephant in my room uh, elephant in the room, and it just hit me, man, and it come over me like anxiety. It was like a, it was like a social anxiety panic attack. You know, I was like fucking, <sighs> mate. It was like, and then it felt weird because it came over me in like a chemical way, because it came over me like actual anxiety. When I started panicking, I was like, oh fucking hell, I'm not comfortable. Oh, no, 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 I'm not comfortable. They can tell I'm not comfortable. And then like a couple of people were like, you're right, you know, da da da, you know, and. Um. then because this is so weird but I'm going to try and explain it then because that came over me like that because I was I felt so out of place and I didn't want to be there once they were all drunk and I and I was contemplating the rest of my life not looking at it like I couldn't enjoy myself and I'm like oh my god it hit me like a brick wall fucking hell I'm different to everyone even though I'm eight months eight nearly nine months in then I thought that the anxiety was I thought the way I was feeling was because I wanted a drink I've, I, I suddenly thought, "Oh shit! This is because I want to drink. Is this because I want the packet? Like, what is this? What's going on?" And then that was even worse because I have, I haven't, uh, I haven't had like an overwhelming compulsion. You know, I haven't had like an overwhelming. I've had moments or thoughts where I've had to talk myself out of it, but that's like to go and and drink and and do drugs, not in in front of me like and it was scary man and it it just hit me and it made me realize that you know fucking eight months is fuck all and and then uh and this is how I overcome it you know while I was there I um started breathing through it and then uh I told myself something that I remember I learned on this podcast which was to look at it like not as missing out but as being free from it you know, and then I looked at the people around me that were drinking and I was like, look, they're not like me. They don't have a problem with it. You know, like my wife, she doesn't have a problem. You know, she'll, she'll have, I think she drank, um, I don't know, like a handful of drinks, you know, she gets tipsy easy. But once we, once I said I wanted to go, um, she commanded the kids up and got in the car and we drove home. And by the time we were home, she was sober really. Do you know what I mean? Um, and the other ones were, you know, they were doing their thing or whatever, but you know, they ultimately they're not they're not going all through the night and then ruining the next day and the whole weekend with their kids, or they're not kicking off and the world isn't falling apart. So I breathed through it and I said, look, you're free of it, you know, you're here, you're not in that situation. But it was hard. It was, it was very hard. And um the weird thing is as well, is that I I focused on um, I had a moment where I I, I I thought to myself, what do I want? You know, what is it I want? Cause I've got alcohol free beers here. So I feel like I'm joining in. What is it that I want that I'm, I'm not going to be able to do? What, what do I mean? What do I, mean? and this is what I do with myself. I overanalyze all my thoughts and feelings now. And that's one of the beautiful things about sobriety is having the ability to feel everything properly feel your emotions and look at them, you know, not just being sad and being upset and being anxious, feeling the anxiety and then looking at it and wondering why you're anxious. What's making you anxious or what's making you sad, feeling the emotion and then looking at it. And that's what I started doing when I sat there. I was like, what do I want? What what am I missing out on? What is it that I feel like I'm missing out on? And I know what it is, it's, you know, I'm not on their level. You know, because because they were all fucking a bit silly and drunk. I wasn't on that level. Um, but then I thought, I don't want to be on that level. I want to get fucked. That's what I miss. I want to get annihilated. I want to get fucked and start acting like a complete and utter twat. That's what I used to love doing. Drinking and, and then acting like a complete knobhead. And as soon as, that, as soon as I told myself the truth of it, I thought, thank fuck I'm not doing that. Thank God. Oh, mate, and then it all hit me like a brick wall. Oh, imagine tomorrow. Imagine how I'd feel. Um, I I remember how I used to behave, remember the stuff I used to do, remember how, you know, and then a couple of days later, because I was drinking, I'd be like, oh, I'm back drinking again now, and this event's happening, this event's happening, then I'd put on the weight, and um, yeah, and uh, I managed to talk myself out of it, but it was a tough one. But that's what I did, you know, I analysed it, I really analysed the feeling. You can, we can, we can get caught up in, our, we can get caught up in our emotions, right, and let them run with us. And I talk about this a lot, about how you manage your, your, your mind, right? Because things come over you and you, um, it's like, it's like, it's like we're in the car and we're a passenger of our own mind. If you imagine the, the, the our, our head is the fucking car, right? And it's just flying down the motorway and you're, you're like, oh, fucking hell, it's, it's raining or there's a traffic jam or there's something going on and you're just sitting in the passenger seat like, yeah, man, this is bad. Like, you know, or you're heading towards a crash. You're heading towards a fucking car crash. You're, you're flying towards cock, and you just, you could get in the driver's seat, but instead you decide to just sit in the passenger seat and you're like, yeah, this is bad. This is going to fuck me up bad. Or you get in the fucking driver's seat and you fucking avoid it. You fucking move out of the way. Or you look at Why? You know what I mean, and and that's that's what I do with my mind. You know, and I, I understand that my mind is a very um, immature, damaged, lonely, insecure place, man. And um, if it were, if I if I let it be, do you know what I mean? Like it's a kid, man. It's me as a kid. That's me as a kid in there. It's not me as an adult. Me as an adult is um um me as an adult. I'm a fucking I'm a I'm a fucking entrepreneur, I believe. Um, I've got multiple businesses. I make good money. I I motivate other people to better themselves. Um, I handle my problems. I man up to my problems. I don't particularly like that saying, but what I mean is I face my problems. You know, I don't hide from them. I wear my heart on my sleeve. And when I've done something wrong, I hold my hands up. And every day I try and better myself. I'm not a little boy, but that little boy does come in and start fucking talking to me. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes I forget that it's the little boy talking and not the man. Um, so, you know, and I just got to remember it's the man. And, you know, a lot of it does go back to our childhood, man. That's what you've got to look at. And, um, uh, something else happened to me that made me really think on my shoulder this week. Something else happened to me that again, triggered me. And, um, yeah wow me up somebody criticised the podcast criticised me uh, um, a guy with a small following online Um, I was going to kick off about it but I ended up speaking to him and sort of cleared the air but um, you know it annoyed me I woke up and I was getting tagged in this video someone had gone on their story and said oh have you seen this Dapper's Dapper Laughs podcast about sobriety well fuck him fuck his sobriety fuck what he's doing fuck putting people that have made mistakes on pedestals and um, I won't call him out because I, I squared it off but um you know, uh, and I kind of understood what he was trying to say because he was saying, what about all the men that haven't made mistakes? What about all the men that have been there, you know, didn't didn't run from their problems, that didn't turn to drinking drugs? What about all of the men that, that were there for their family, not out drinking, sniffing gear? What about all of the men that, you know, will work? I mean, I don't know why I said this because i work my tits off, but that that work hard. And I got what he was trying to say is that, you know, in this society it's, it's easier, it's it, it sometimes... You look at like a Z-lister or an influencer or a celebrity, whatever you want to call what I do, being in the public eye, having millions of followers across your, your platforms and making films or doing, being on TV and all that jazz, right? Doing stand-up. Someone like me comes out and says, I'm sober because I was fucking my life up. Now I'm sober. And it's like, well done. Where you got all these other people that never fucked their life up. Where's their round of applause? And I get that. And, um, you know, I applaud the strength of people that haven't had to battle addictions, but it pissed me off, man. And it blew the wind out of myself. And the day it happened, I just decided to fucking, you know, I had one of them. I'd got up, I'd done my boxing. I got myself fully motivated. I was ready to fucking fight the day. And that happened. I just thought, fuck you, I'm taking the day off and went and laid on the couch. And it was just one of them. I just thought, fuck you, fuck the world. I'm completely bothered, man. Like, do you know what? It's like I put it out there too much. And today I don't feel like putting it out there. Um, and sometimes you've got to do that. Sometimes you've just got to put your phone down, step back. But the thing that annoyed me about it, and that he didn't seem to understand that I did have to say to him is that, you know, people that, people that suffer with addiction or people that end up um, drinking and using drugs, they're not, you know, they're not, they're, it doesn't make them bad people. We're all built different. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into addiction. There's a lot of serious stuff that goes into addiction that, that can turn you into an addict. And there's, and there's, fucking millions of people out there I reckon 90% of people there's a a weird 10% that aren't but 90% of people on the planet are addicted to something that's what I think I think everyone's addicted to something And by addiction, what I mean is uh, you have a habitual urge to do something. So scroll through your phone. If you're scrolling through your phone half the day, you're addicted to social media, to the flashing lights of your fucking phone, the dopamine hit. You get dopamine hits from watching videos and all of that. Even though they're minuscule, you get the dopamine rush, you know, the entertainment, the fucking stimulation from your phone. Everyone's addicted to that. Then you've got smokers. Then you've got people that watch too much porn and all that stuff and uh, gambling addicts, food addicts. Um, chocolate addicts coffee addicts I mean I'm definitely a coffee addict I have I a have Costa Coffee every single morning now specific Costa Coffee at the machine Caramel latte, same thing definitely hooked on that shit do you know what I mean so everyone's got their addiction so one it's, it's no good judging but two there's a lot that goes into it you know what I mean? You don't, everyone thinks that with addiction, you know, that. and this is what he was applying, that one day I just looked at my family and thought, no, do you know what? I'd rather be at the pub drinking and sniffing gear than being here with you or something happened. Like, you know, he mentioned my dad, so he must've seen the clip about my father, uh, that my dad died. And then suddenly I decided I didn't want to be there for my family and I'd rather drink. That's not how it fucking worked for me. And that's not how it works for the majority of people. I'll tell you how it worked for me and how it works for the majority of people is that you spend your life, um, drinking and and occasionally using drugs because it's your culture and it's perfectly normal and that's what the people around you are doing and it's fun and it's normal and it's what you do at the weekends and it's what you do to socialize and it's sociably acceptable alcohol uh that's why they say alcohol and other drugs when they should just say drugs because alcohol is a drug right there's no two ways about it it's it it, you know it's heavily addictive um Fucking everyone in the country doesn't realize that they're addicted. You know, I was only getting smashed at the, heavily smashed at the weekends, but I was still an addict because once I started, I couldn't fucking stop. Right, but um, the, re- the, 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 the when it became a problem for me is, and I've learned so much about this, and I'm going to pass this on to you because this also helps when I talk about you know what to do when you feel like getting smashed. It ties into the to the to the premise of this podcast because once you understand this. You can stop yourself from pressing the fuck you button and going for the drink or the drugs once you understand this. And what it is, is for me, it was a cultural thing. So it was normal. It was, you know, what me and my pals done. And we've done it a lot, done it in excess. Um, it was fun. So when things were shit for me that weren't fun, I wanted to have fun. You know, so when my dad died, I didn't want to deal with my dad dying. I wanted to be having fun. I wanted, I wanted to, to escape. So I would drink, you know, and then use drugs. So the when it become a problem for me was when my life started falling apart and stuff started going wrong, like I lose my career or my father died or just I'm fucking just stressed with life or I've had an argument with the missus or whatever, then the, the thing that I considered fun and my happy place, the pub and the fucking fun, you know, that turned into my way of coping with shit that was bad. And that's, that's dangerous road to go down because once you start using drink and drugs to cope with feeling bad, it makes you feel worse. So then, you know, you, what do you do when you feel worse? You want to feel better. So then you, you take the drink and the drugs again to feel better, but then that makes you feel worse and you feel worse and worse and worse. And you think the drink and drugs are going to make you feel better. You keep on doing that until you're done. You're just hooked. And, um, that's what can happen to you. And that's what happened to me. And, um, you know, what else annoyed me about that this particular comment was the the fact that everyone's built different, man. You know, we're not the same. Some of us have got addicted personalities, you know. Like I said before, I can go out now with my with my pals that drink and, and on the train on the way home with them, I'm sober. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, half oh, of you seem sober, man. Like, you you know, you've had a few drinks and that. Like, what the fuck is going on? How can you come up to London on a night out and just be eating a kebab on the way home and you're a little bit tipsy? I'd never do that. I'd have to get fucking absolutely annihilated, you know, and there's reasons for that because some of us are built with different dopamine receptors and our brains release different chemicals um, when we drink and it has a different effect on us. It affects different people when they drink, you know, me drinking and you drinking might be different. I might get a different feeling to it that my fucking mind wants more of, whereas you might drink alcohol and you're just like, yeah, you take it or leave it. One or two. Some people are built different, right? So the thing that wound me up about this whole thing was he was just simply saying, yeah, I'm better than you because I didn't make that choice. Well, I I feel like I didn't make that choice either. You know, I feel like the choice happened over time. I feel like I made not one bad choice, loads of fucking bad choices that ended up being a bad choice. But look, like I said, I spoke to him, but it it knocked me for six. But it made me realise something and I really looked into it and I looked back on my counselling because I felt myself wanting to press that fuck you button and I felt myself wanting to... uh, you know escape this life that i created for myself very much like i was saying when i was at the barbecue you know i, I and uh, i remember my counseling uh, and my counseling was was about was about uh you know stuff that happens in your childhood you know if you come from look i didn't come from a traumatic childhood you know i've got to be careful what i say because my mum watches some of these but i didn't come from like an over i wasn't abused or anything like that and you know, I, it wasn't an, an overly traumatic childhood, but it was a broken home. It was a dysfunctional family. My mum and dad broke up. It's very volatile, and you know, I was very young. You know, two, three, four, five, six years old, seven years old. That that period in my life was hectic and um, insecure, and um, it wasn't it wasn't the right environment, like a safe environment, um, you know, a comforting environment for you know. And I learned this through my counselling that. Children that grow up in these hostile environments that are a little bit, you know, you're not both your mum and dad are there, and you know, you know, you 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 witness arguments and a lot of stress and stuff like that. You, I learnt this um, that it can be a cause of ADHD. It can be one of the reasons why you got ADHD. Uh, a psychologist called uh, Gabor Mate speaks about it and says that ADHD um, can be caused by children that have had, you know. I traumatic seems like I'm saying I had a really traumatic childhood but you know like just 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 had an uncomfortable you know when they were, when they were a certain age it wasn't exactly how it's meant to be but anyway that when we're that age when stuff's going on around us that that is hostile or that is scary or that we don't want to be around that as children we can create alternative realities you know we can escape in our imagination and we can you know switch off and we learn techniques to be able to Escape what's going on, and um, self-soothe is the word. As children, self-soothe ourselves, and this is where addiction comes in. Because as children, when we learn how to self-soothe ourselves and we learn how to look after ourselves and escape reality and uh, t- get our minds to take us somewhere else, we we forget that as we grow older into adults. This is—I may be getting this wrong, but this was my understanding of it through my counselling. And as we get a little bit older, when we dis- if, if that was ha- what you were like um, and you get a bit older and you discover other things that help you escape, you know, like um, drinking drugs, then, you know, you can take to them. You know, that become become your new form of escapism. And I, 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 I can really relate to it because there's words and phrases that I've, I've said this many times that I think about that, you know, often really symbolize you know w- what it's like for me when I used to drink and it's like I want to just switch off and you know that could go back to your childhood you know I just want to switch off I just want to escape I just want to relax I just want I just want um, you know I just want to forget about it I just want to I just you know you know what I mean all these buzzwords I want to get annihilated smashed wasted you know I just you know I just want to black out you know all of, the, all of these things that take your way and and ultimately, it's like when life gets too hard, that's what people want to do, man. They want to fucking, boom, get out of there. And um, again, big cause of addiction. So this is what I'm saying to you. Once you start to understand, you know, it's like almost looking like drinking drugs wasn't a problem, right? They were the solution to your problem. What's your fucking problem, man? It's like the drinking drugs were your solution, yeah, to whatever you're going through. What was you going through? What's the problem? How do you feel? And it's like I always say, focus on, you know, this is what I try and do. I don't focus on the emotion. I try and focus on why the emotion is in me, why I'm thinking and feeling what I'm feeling. I think to myself, what's going on? What's the thought process behind that? What's got me to this point? You know, if I'm like fucking vibrating on a level where I want to fucking escape, if I'm like shaking and I'm like, I fucking can't handle life, I can't handle today. I just need, I want to get obliterated, which fucking crosses my mind. It has many times since I've been sober. And what I try and do now is try and backtrack through the thought process and just like calm myself down, just take myself out of the fucking, out of my head, take myself out of my head and just be like, breathe, you know, you know, try and look at these situations where you're fucking like, "Ah, I want to get fucked up. Um, Try and look at these situations and be like, right, good, okay, I'm glad this is happening to me now. Why? Why? What can I learn from it? What can I take from it? You know, what, do, why or how have I got here? What's made me feel like this? Do you know what I mean? And um, you can really talk yourself out of it, but it's about understanding what the causes um of that trigger. So, yeah, man. Um, ultimately, you need something that you can snap into straight away. Um, you know, uh, for me, you know, I... I've had some bad turns where I've I've had to just go right straight away. Where I've walked away from a situation. I've opened up one of my diaries or a book or something. I've just started writing how I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it. Again, trying to dissect my thought process. Um, you know you I, I don't know if I've said this analogy but it's like it's like you know you, you it's like when you're in your head it's like your head's a car and you're driving towards a fucking car crash and you're, you're sat in the fucking passenger seat and there's no one in the fucking driver's seat and that's what it can be like in our mind sometimes you know when when you're like oh man I'm just gonna fucking drink and do drugs oh man today's just been oh I can't be fucked fuck it and it, like you can't you're in the car but you're in the passenger seat and your mind's just going you're like oh man do you know what Fuck it. This, 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 this is all reasons. And that's the fuel going in the fuel tank of the car. This, 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 this. Ah, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm heading there anyway. I'm heading there anyway. And before you know it, I'm heading there, I'm heading there, I'm heading there, I'm heading there. Then I'm at the pub or I'm fucking ordering a gram or I'm fucking drinking and I'm doing it. But you don't have that. You don't have to do that. You know what I mean. You can you can see the journey. You have got to start seeing the journey for what it is. You know when the car starts heading towards the car crash. When your mind goes from this position to that position. When you can see the triggers and you can go. You know you know you're in it. You know you're in the trigger. You know you're in the point of no return. You know you know that you fucking. Fi- you know like I said before. I was I was at this when well, I was at this barbecue recently. Everyone was drinking around me. It came over me like a fucking anxiety man. And it was like I was looking at it like it wasn't it wasn't because I wanted a drink. First of all, it was because I was sat there and I was like, oh my God, this is I'm always going to be the elephant in the room. This is me now. You know, I'm never going to be on their level. I'm not going to be able to enjoy myself. You know. And then I thought, oh, the anxiety, it's the anxiety here because I want to drink. So is that what it is? And then that scared me and it was just crazy. And and then I had to go, Shh, take myself out of my head. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's going on here? Why are we heading towards the crash? Get in the, get in the driver's seat. All right, come on, let's steer this. Come on, let's have a think about what's going on there. So everyone's drinking and you want to drink, but you don't want to drink to be on their level. You want to drink to get absolutely annihilated, did not you? And I was like, yeah, I want to get fucked up. I want to get smashed. And then you're like, oh, all right, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what does that look like? What does that look like? Well, that looks like me being up all night ruining the fucking weekend being rude obnoxious and fucking mouthy and just trying to be the center of attention upsetting everyone that's followed me on this journey and then slowly I'm like oh man fucking that was weird why did I think that you know it's tough work man but it's about running them analogies in your mind I don't know if what I'm saying makes any sense but to me it does make sense but there's also you know I was, when I was away in, um, I'm just rabbiting on now, but uh, you'll be glad when we get back in the studio, I'm sure. I'm not sure if you, I don't know, if, I don't know, it's so weird doing podcasts if people are out there listening to this and if it makes sense, you'll you have to let me know in the comments because sometimes I think maybe I'm just going insane, just emptying my mind, but it does help me. But um, I had a big one. You know, a lot of people ask me as well, let me just touch on this, a lot of people ask me, you know, what, you know, what's it like Shelly drinking, you know, you know, and... Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know how can I approach this. Because when we went to my good pal Jason Mazza's wedding, he, um, you know, she got drunk there and I was doing a lot of videos and uh, about us and I was taking the piss out of her being drunk. And uh, she caught a lot of flack for it, actually. She w- she wasn't very happy because a lot of people were saying that she wasn't very supportive of my journey in uh, the comments and stuff. And that broke her heart, really. And, and it did upset me a little bit just because... Um, there's no one that's been more supportive. I mean, if you think of the one person that's had to deal with, you know, because when someone's in the midst of putting drink and drugs before their family, ultimately they're not there. You know, I was here financially. Do you know what I mean? And I I was here in person uh, most of the time, but I wasn't here. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't present. they, They weren't the most important thing to me or they they, or or, well they were important the most important thing to me but they but you know there was other things that were as important like going out and getting smashed and um there was the arguments and the disrespect and the rudeness and the fucking but anyway how can you be more supportive than giving me chance after chance to get clean and sober and to sort myself out and to believe believe in me, do you know what I mean? And to stick with me. Because she could have fucking left, man, and fucking taken a shitload of money with her. But I'm <laughs> it. So, yeah, man. And the truth of it is, is I don't think it bothers me because I, I like to see her enjoy herself. And um, she hasn't got a problem with drink. She's not into her drugs, never has been. But she's she hasn't got a problem with drink, as in she doesn't, she doesn't get fucking wasted and can't stop and she's up all night drinking you know she gets she does get drunk quite easy but um she'll you know like when I was at the barbecue she would she was in like on alcoholic free beers for a bit she had a couple of them and then she had like a few um fancy cocktails that they were making and then she was on the water do you know what I mean she's not like a drinker drinker so it's not like she sat in front of me doing shots of tequila and fucking rolling around on the floor but um there's an element of me that's always going to be a little bit anxious around people drinking because I've got to battle the the feeling of that I'm missing out Uh, and I've got to swap that feeling with being free of it and just feeling like the odd one out. So, but um, I I think that, you know, if you're really, if you really, really, really struggle being around alcohol, um, then you should ask your partner not to, but personally myself, I've, you know, I'm trying to overcome those feelings so but yeah man so um, so yeah so you know the other time that I had a really tricky one was over in um, um, when we went to the Caribbean you know she'd met this was was this the last time I went sober yeah I think it was she met some friends I made some friends over there and they all got drunk and I fucking flipped out I was like I can't fucking be around you lot I went straight to the gym and just smashed the gym man just running and everything like that. And, um, that sorted me out. But, um, I think I've got to be a little bit more careful with the environment that I put myself in. And I think we've got to be a little bit, um, a little bit more aware of our feelings. Um, you know, and just, just, just fucking be in tune with what's going on in your mind. Right guys. I just wanted to have that chat with you. I don't really know what I said then, but I feel like I said quite a lot. And, uh, I just wanted to talk about, um, how I'd had a bit of a tough one. And, um, how I overcome it and the, and the way I think about things. But I asked um, the people on the Instagram to send me some questions in to finish this podcast on. So um, this one's from Kelly. How will, how do you get the willpower to never use again? Asking for a friend. How do you get the willpower to never use again? How do you get the willpower to never use again? You don't uh, uh, Kelly, you don't get the willpower to never use again. You just get the willpower to not use that time. Do you know what I mean? There's no way that you can one day wake up and get the willpower to never drink or never use again. Uh, My journey and what I'm doing and what I think is the most important thing about achieving anything is understanding your thought process and managing your mind, managing your thoughts and managing your emotions. Sometimes a thought can come into our mind, you know, like I've used this analogy before, like little me, like as a kid, sometimes is in there talking. Uh, an adult me gets distracted and thinks, you know, I, I get distracted and think it's the adult me talking, but it ain't, it's the kid me talking, you know what I mean? The kid, you know, when I was a kid, stupid, immature fucking ways of thinking and talking. Um, and I've got to be like, no, no, man, what are you fucking, tr- I'm a man, do you know what I mean? Um, so overcoming and having that willpower is a day-to-day thing, it's a situation-to-situation thing. It's too big to to comprehend and and that's what gave me anxiety the other day when I sat at that barbecue I suddenly looked at my whole future in front of me I'm always going to be this guy sat at the table sober and anxious when everyone else is having fun and that looking at the rest of my life like that filled me with fear anxiety and regret of going sober and then I had to talk myself out of it and just realize no man this is a beautiful thing you know you're, you're free from it you're not you're not missing it so it's about small bits of willpower that together will will um culminate in um in success. All right, let's have a look. What else we got here? Got another one here. Right. This is from Steph. My husband has got sober, but is still struggling with feeling down and finding purpose. How can I help him? Steph. Steph, thank you. So your husband's gone sober and he's still down and can't feel purpose. Well, Uh, It sounds like he's still mourning the old him, you know, he's still, he's still mourning his old life. And like I keep saying in this episode, he's got to, he's got to, and show him this clip, man. Like you've got to, you've got to have a, you've got to look at it of being free of it. Every day that you're sober, you're free of a grip of addiction. You're free of a grip of needing something um, that doesn't serve you, right? So you can't look at it like, oh, I'm missing out. You've got to look at it as it doesn't serve you and you're slowly getting free of it. And everyone says that goes sober, it gets better and better and better. And that is, that is the truth. So you can't, this is great advice, uh, Steph. Someone gave this to me. You can't focus. You can't base your sobriety on how you feel today. You can't focus on how you, you can't think, oh, this is how I feel today. This is how sobriety is going to be because that's bullshit. It gets better and better and easier I don't know if easy is the right word, but it gets better and better. And like the positives just start outweighing the negatives of sobriety. You know, it takes a long time and it's not, it's not just your body. It's your mind. I keep on saying it It takes a long, long time um, for your mind to understand. Oh man, that was crazy. Thank fuck that's done. But um, purpose is a tricky one. I think if, if Steph, if he can find anything creative, that will free him, man, like poetry, drawing, uh, writing, you know, any playing an instrument or to anything, any this is this is a great thing to offer him, Steph, or anyone else that's out there. And I think this is great advice, and I live by it. And it's finding something that you'd like to be good at that's really hard, and working on that. Finding something that you would like to be good at that's really really hard, and then just work on that. So, for instance, you know, golf is a good one. Golf's fucking horrible, mate. But you know, it's sh- and it's hard but when you go and and you you practice and practice and play and play and play when you make the slightest little bit of improvement in golf you're fucking addicted (laughs) you're like i want to do this i want to become the best at it and it's hard work and it takes up loads of your time and it gives you purpose it gives you something to work on um the key to finding purpose is to get little wins you know if you wait for the big wins in life you know like the fucking house the money you know um you know, changing your life, the big wins, you're going to be waiting forever. you got to go and get those little wins. I get it with boxing, you know, it's, t- I'm sparring tomorrow morning. I'm already thinking I don't want to be there. But once I'm in there sparring and I come out, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm slightly getting better. I get my little win in and I feel like I've got purpose, you know, to um, so find something difficult. Tell him to find something difficult to do that he'd like to be good at or start being creative in some form. I like that one. What's next? My missus has got a new fella after two weeks, six years down the drain. What do you think? Oh, that's a tough one. It's not sobriety based, is it? My my missus has got a new fella after two weeks, six years down the drain. What do you think? Well, listen, man, better the devil, you know, man, fuck it. Like, do you know what I mean? What does that say about her? Why would you want someone back that never really wanted you? Do you know what I mean? Obviously, I don't know the details of it, mate, but, um, you don't just get a new fella within two weeks. I'm not saying that she was cheating on you, but she, a foot, one foot was out the door for fucking a long time if two weeks later she's she's with a new fella. So um, oh, yeah, this is the You Show now. This is not the Her Show. This is the You Show. And this same goes for any men or women that are listening to this podcast that are going through breakups because they're a huge trigger for relapse breakups, um, cheating, divorce, getting dumped, you know, the fuck you button is right there ready to press. And I think that the beautiful thing with self-development and personal growth is that when you start fucking playing the lead role in your own life, in the in the movie of your life, and you're like, do you know what? Because this is what I'm like. I'm like, I've got my family and my friends and I've got things that I love, my work and all that, and that's part of me. But really, I'm on my own. I'm on my own, right, and I'm on a fucking mission, every day I wake up, and I'm focused on my own, I'm going to get my fitness in, I'm fucking not drinking, I ain't doing drugs, I'm fucking improving my comedy, I'm making more money, I'm fucking grafting, I'm going to be fitter, stronger, better, I'm fucking going to be the best version of myself, I'm sorting out my mental health, I'm untangling my, my, my negative thoughts, I'm forward projecting my visualization, I'm visualizing what I want and I'm not thinking about the negative shit in the past. I'm being conscious of where my thoughts are going. I'm working on myself. I want to be better. And when you do that, you start to become more attractive physically and like emotionally. Do you know what I mean? When you start focusing on yourself, people around you can see. I mean, my 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 friends, my missus, I don't know about my friends, but my, my missus, my wife, she knows that I'm like a different beast. I'm a different person and ultimately the better you treat yourself the better you're going to treat everyone else but a beautiful thing about doing that when you've been dumped or someone's left you or you've broke up or got whatever if there's someone in your life that you know you feel rejected by when you start focusing on on yourself they'll feel that because your energy will get get pulled away from them you know you're not begging them for the you, you, you're you not begging them for the reassurance you're not begging them for the for the love do you know what I mean you're um, what's the word I'm looking for you know you're um you're loving yourself, but more than that, it's your self confidence. Do you know what I mean? Your 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 self confidence isn't based on someone else. How someone if you put everything about you in the hands of someone else, if you go right, my whole fucking being, how I feel about myself, my fucking self worth, is based on that person's opinion. And if that person loves me, and you put all of that in their hands, at any point your world can fucking fall apart. If, like I'm fucking doing now, you put all of that fucking self-love, self-worth and how you value yourself in your own fucking hands and you put all of that in your own hands and you wake up and you decide every single day you're going to try and be the best version of yourself, you do something every day that puts you out of your comfort zone and you achieve something, you get your little win, you get your little fucking win in every day and you fucking go like that, yeah, fucking boom and you put it all in your fucking heart and you're giving yourself the fucking love, who gives a fuck what anyone else does? Who cares? I mean, stuff's going to affect you, but you're always going to have your foundations in yourself. Do you know what I mean? And um, when you start becoming that confident in yourself and you give yourself that much self-love and you build your foundations up that much, they all want to fucking shag you anyway, because you look like a fucking well put together, focused, sexy individual. All right, let's have a look at this one. Tips for supporting a partner going sober. Listen, I will tell you the one tip I can give you if your partner's going sober, uh, and the only way that I can I can sort of to tell you what how this works or why this works is because it motivates me. Is when my wife says she's proud of me, it fucking it. It's like it almost makes me cry. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you because I spent so many times looking at so many times looking at and looking at, looking in her eyes, knowing that I've disappointed her. I've you know, been out all night or I was fucked. To look in her eyes when she's like, you know what, I'm really proud of what you're doing. I can see what you're doing. Well done. To a man, especially, is that is worth its weight in gold. I'm not, I'm not, there's, you know, we feel underappreciated a lot because a lot of what we do is considered standard procedure, right? I'm just going to say it out is. You know, providing the food, provi- providing the money, the fucking shelter. I mean, I'm using old terminology here, but you know what I mean? Like a man's role is as the provider and that is considered standard. But we still have to graft our asses off for that. But the majority of the time, us men are spending so much time fucking things up while we're providing. We never get that thanks because um, it's not deserved most of the time. But um, if your man is trying to better himself and he's done a week sober or a few few days sober, having you put your arms around him or say to him, wow, you know what? Well done, man. I'm so proud of you. I can see that you're working really hard on this. And if he relapses or fucks up, oh, I know you've got it in you. I was so proud of what you were doing. You know, when you're ready, you know. And what you're doing there is you're planting a seed of a feeling, of a better feeling. And once he gets... um, into the routine of feeling that goodness um, he'll pick it over the badness you know he'll lean towards the goodness over the badness so you know it's easy for for and rightly so uh, our partners to berate and have a go at us when we're fucking up but that positivity when we're doing it right can become our new addiction That was good, man. That was good. I think I'm going to leave it on that. That's been good fun. Listen, guys, thank you very much. I'm not sure if any of that made sense. I kind of went all over the place with that. But um, ultimately, I wanted to speak to you about um, my mindset when I think I'm going to get smashed. And um, yeah, I love you guys. Back in the studio next week. Let me know if you came on the whole journey for that one and you're still here at the end if there's anything that stuck out for you, if it made sense, if you're enjoying them, I'm a fucking, one of these insecure geezers. I love to get the feedback, so it keeps me motivated. I believe that through this journey of sobriety, I'm learning so much, um, and I'm really enjoying sharing it with the men, the women, the partners, um, people that have lost hope, or, or people that are finding their hope again. And um, I, when I start talking like this, I mean what's this 45 minutes when I start talking it all floods out of me and um it it, one of the best things that's come about me having this problem uh is I feel like I've got a new I feel like I've got more to give um than just fucking funny videos and (laughs) being a dick online so thank you thank you to my audience um Sharon's caring. Anyone you know that's going through or you think can benefit from this podcast, please tag them in it or tell them to go and check out Minister to Sobriety. Tour tickets are on sale. You can come and see my stand up. As you can see, I'm a very funny guy by all these stand up comedy posters behind me. If not, if you're listening to this somewhere, get on my Instagram, drop me a DM, let me know you listened, give me some feedback and I'll try and reply to everyone's DMs. I love you. Sharon's caring, spread the podcast and uh, leave me a comment in this. Thank you. We're back in the studio next week. Bye bye. Rodney.